just pray about that. God can use things, uh, you know, and, and that's what I want Him to do. If you would, please turn to the book of Deuteronomy tonight, chapter 2. Deuteronomy chapter 2. I was talking to a man today what got me thinking about this. And when he first, when me and my wife first met him, uh, we questioned him about his salvation. He said he'd known he's a Christian, told us where he's going to church. And today, uh, I was talking about I needed something for this itching I got, and we were talking about it. I've had these things cut off of them, and all of a sudden they start itching bad. And uh, he said, well, this is what you need. And he said, you know what you really need is um, build you a little brewery and, and brew up some uh, moonshine. He said, I, I make my own. And uh, Now, I'm talking about this. Here's a man who says he's a Christian, okay? Goes to church every Sunday with his family, and he makes wine all the time and, and, and moonshine. And I said, Are you out <laughs> And I got in the Bible, and I want to show you something, if I can, please, about this. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 2. Deuteronomy chapter 2. I would like for you to get the, the setting here now as, as we go into this. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, I want to look at two verses uh, verse 27 and verse 8 of Deuteronomy chapter 2. Before I read it, uh, for 40 years now, the Israelites had been in the wilderness. Now the Lord says it's, time, says it's time to move on to the promised land. But as they're traveling, right smack in the middle of their way to the promised land was the land of Moab. Now to get to God's land, uh, they had to go through a heathen land. And before they go, Moses sends out messengers to Moab to talk to the king and make an agreement with him as to the conditions of their traveling through that heathen land. Now verse 27 and verse 28. Let me pass through thy land. Moses is telling this man or sending the messengers to tell him. I will go along by the highway. I will neither turn unto the right hand nor to the left. Thou shalt sell me meat for money that I may eat, and give me water for money that I may drink. Only I will pass through on my feet. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that you bless the reading and studying of thy word tonight. I know that every passage of Scripture is put there for us even today. Your word is an everlasting word. It's not just for the past, not just for the present, but it's for the past, present, and future. And it fits us today. So I ask you, dear Lord, to let us get the meaning of it out of it by the Holy Spirit's power. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, in verse 27 and verse 28 is agreement to that passage going through this healing land. Now, those of us who have been saved by God's grace... We're God's people. We're bound for the promised land, heaven. But as we go, we too must pass through the heathen land, the world. Like it or not, we have to live here. Now here's a lesson on how we're to behave as we journey 
through the world or through Moab towards heaven. There are seven things that Moses was instructed by God to do with God's people as they marched through Moab towards the promised land. Each of these things is an instruction from God to every Christian concerning our entanglement with earth as we march towards heaven. Number one, they walked the king's highway. Now verse 27, let me pass through thy land. Whose land is it? The king's. Now, uh, notice whose highway is it then? It's the king's. Now, what is our king's highway? Our king's highway is the will of God for our lives. Uh, Moses made an agreement with King Moab. I will follow your prescribed course. You build a highway, I will stay on your highway. God, our king, has a will for my life and your life. Every man, woman, and child, God has a will for your life. You don't veer out of that will to the right hand or to the left. Don't get sidetracked. Don't go down a little trail. I used to live, love to hear Brother Law preach, and he, he would uh, one of the favorite things he would say about preachers is that a lot of them I read a little verse, just one verse of the Bible, and they go on rabbit trails. And it had nothing to do with what they read from the Bible. They get off running rabbits, and you don't know what they're talking about. And I never ever get him telling that. Well, life itself is like that too. If we don't keep our eyes on the mark, if we don't keep our eyes on the high calling of God for our life, now remember something, God has a will for every life, every child of God. And we're to stay on that highway. Don't get off of it. Just stay in the center of God's will for your life. Number one. Number two, they were to avoid the thrills of the Moabites. Now go back to verse 5. Middle knob of them, for I will not give you of their land, no, not so much as a footbreadth, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. Metal means thrill not with them. Don't be excited with them. Don't get thrilled by what thrills them. Don't seek Moab's thrills. God says to us, say people, on your way to heaven, don't get a bottle of beer or Seagram 7 to have a thrill on your way to heaven. Don't have a shot of cocaine to have a thrill on your way to heaven. Don't go to nightclubs to have a thrill on your way to heaven. Stay on the King's Highway. A lady came to me several years ago. She came in the church. She said, Pastor, my husband died and I can't live by myself and I'm on another husband. I guess I'll just have to go down to the bar to find me a husband because there ain't none available in the church. And I said, don't you think God knows where you're at? And if you'll pray, God will send you one. Amen? You don't have to go down to the bar looking for one. Moses tells the king, we're going to go through your land. But we will not turn to the right nor the left. We will not meddle with you. We will not be thrilled by what thrills you. Now, you best remember this. The thrills of this world are counterfeit. They're synthetic. Only for a season they last. They're temporary. Why is this world, uh, why in the world would this 
the people who have walked through the Red Sea on dry ground uh, want to meddle with Moab. What I'm saying is, since I got saved, I've had the most blessed time in my life. Why in the world would I want the thrills of life of the world if I'm on my way to heaven? I've had more thrills with God than I could ever have with this world. Why should God's people who have eaten manna from heaven, the Word of God, have people say, and the joys of seeing your friends and loved ones say, why would they meddle with the world? I just don't understand it. We're God's people. Stay on the King's Highway. Stay in the center of God's will. Don't borrow the thrills of Moab. They were to avoid conflicts with Moab or the world. We have to go through Moab because we have no choice. But because the promised land is on the other side. Now you've got to go through this world. But we don't have to fight. We don't have to meddle or have conflict with Moab. I... uh, one thing I disagree with Brother Roloff with. He had a girl's home. He had a children's home. And so on. And he was always fighting with the government. I mean, all the time. He was fighting with, uh, with them about something about their homes. And I'll never forget uh, when we had a school in the other church we was at. And I was sitting in the office one day. And they sent out a, 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 one of the women that's going to tell us, what we could teach and what we could do in the church and so on because we had that school. I said, oh, no, you're not. You can tell me what kind of light plugs to put in and I'll do it. You can tell me the safety things and we'll do it. You can tell me all the things that the government requires in safety, but you're not going to tell us what to teach. and You're not going to tell us what to preach. There's no law in this country, in our country. We're America. We have a right to preach what we, uh, the Bible tells us to do. And so we're not to borrow from them, though, but we're not to get in a fight with them either. We're not to meddle or have conflict with them all the time. Now, God is saying here, be nice as a Christian. Be courteous as a Christian. Be a good representative of our King Jesus as we go through this old world. Amen? It still bothers me because this lady from Iowa here told me, did you go and invite that man to the church that you ordered that day? Things like that still bother me. And I'll tell you something, it ought to bother you. Amen? You don't have to get in conflict with this world. Now, we're not to be like the world. Uh, We'll be nice people. We're in the world, but we're not part of the world. The most courteous people in Brandon ought to be Brandon Fellowship Baptist Church members. Now, stand for what is right? Yes. I'm not going to back up one bit. Say no to liquor stores and pornography books and nightclubs, but do it nicely. I never will forget the guy that owns the Venus nightclub down here. Uh, a friend of mine asked me uh, to take this man fishing with me one day. He said he really wants to go fishing. And I told him about you catching bass all the time. And he really wants to meet you and go bass fishing with you. And I said, well, because of you, I'll do it. I didn't know who he was. Never met him. And so he met me at a place. And I got him, I got him in the boat all day long. And he couldn't get out. <laughs> and I said, uh, do you know if you're going to hell or not? And we talk, I talked to him, he said, now, do you know who I am? I said, well, I thought I did. 
He said, no, I don't think you understand. He said, I own these strip clubs and these nightclubs down here on Highway 60. I said, I don't care who you are. You need to be saved just like everybody else. Amen. But I was nice to him. I didn't start the car and throw him out. Just because I never will forget my daughter Cheryl. Cheryl was picked up the, her kids and Cheryl's kids, taking them to school. And her old truck she had when her uh, husband left her and, and she's going around the corner right down there on Bloomingdale and one of the boys fell out the door on the, on the street. Cheryl stopped, ran around there to see about him. A woman stopped behind him real quick. I'm going to call the law on you. You're mistreating them kids. But he's throwing them out. And Cheryl said, ma'am, uh, these are not my kids. I just picked up a few on the side of the road, and I'm throwing out the ones I don't like. <laughs> I never will forget that, but I think about that a great deal. And, uh, and that's about the way I felt with that guy. But at the same time, I witnessed to him all day long and all the way home. It took an hour and a half to get to the lake, an hour and a half to get back. He not going to get out of the boat or out of the truck. But I was nice to him. And you don't have to be mean to somebody just to witness to it. Amen. And we, uh, the, the fourth thing, we're to avoid entanglements while going through the land. Now look at verse 5 again. Meddle not with them, for I will not give you their land, no, not as much as a foot breadth, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. A man came to me several years ago. He's a member of this church. He's doing good. God was blessing him. He said, Pastor, I need to you talk with you. He said, I, uh, I can go to work for Budweiser, delivering Budweiser, make twice as much money as I'm making right now. I said, don't do it. I said, just don't do it now. Because if you do, you're going to get out of the will of God and get away from the Lord. And I read him a verse where it said, put not a bottle to your brother's mouth. He said, I'm not doing that. I said, yeah, you are. In a sense... You are. And I said, don't do it. Don't take that job. He went ahead and took it. He's out of church today. Not going to church. And so on. He got away from the Lord. You know why? He did opposite of what God wanted him to do. You know what God wants you to do? Stay away from it. A job is one thing. But you don't have to take that job. There's better jobs out there. And what the Bible is saying here is, is plain as day, don't marry Moab women, unsaved people. Don't date a unsaved girl or boy. Don't go in business with somebody that's not saved. Don't meddle with the Moabites. You know, I give, I give everybody I can talk to that wants to go in business with somebody. Don't you go in business with an unsaved person. You don't think alike. You'll want to tithe and serve the Lord with what you make, and that unsaved person won't. And you'll have arguments about it all the time about your business. Don't do it. Don't meddle with the world. If you encourage your children to meddle or socialize and every kind of activity and public schools and so on, don't be surprised then if one day you wind up there married to somebody that's not safe. We must ter- uh, ten- teach our kids to stay on the King's Highway. God has a purpose for you. Stay straight. Walk with God's people. Don't entangle with Moab. Don't run with Moab. Don't sing with Moab. Don't talk like Moab. Don't dress like Moab. Act like God's people. Amen? 
And when you think about that, that's what this portion of Scripture is talking about. And it's just as true today as people as it was back then. They were to purchase, number five, only the necessities. Up a great preacher told me one time, never will forget it again. He said, Pastor, always pay your way. You know, it's so easy. Somebody come up, uh, you know, and want to be a blessing to you. But uh, I, I really, really if, if I have a choice, if somebody buy me dinner or me buying them dinner, I'll buy their dinner. I want them to know I'm not a beggar. My God's a great God. Amen. Now, I've had so many blessings on the other side of the fence because I've had Christians. Me and my wife went in a restaurant in another town. We were sitting there, and I asked the blessing, and we were sitting there talking about the Lord, and three men were sitting across the aisle from us in a booth, and one of them got up and come over and said, You're a pastor, aren't you? I said, Yes, sir. He said, We want to buy you a dinner. Now, ain't nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, these are Christians. But I don't want no unsaved person uh, buying things and doing things like I don't have anything in the world. I'm poor, poor, pitiful Christian. No, sir, buddy. God's been too good to me. Amen? And if you get to what I'm saying here tonight, we're not to, uh, to purchase the things that's not necessary in this world and get entangled in paying our, our things in this world that we don't need. Don't be a poor mouth in the world. Moses said we will pay for what we get. Amen? And that's important. Verse 28, look at it again. Thou shalt sell me meat for money that I may eat, and give me water for money that I may drink. Only I will pass through on my feet. He said what we get, we're going to pay for. Amen? Now, uh, number six, they were not to afflict uh, be affected by Moab. Verses 1 through 28 teaches us here's a great temptation. Here are God's people. Here's the promised land. Here we are in the wilderness. Between the wilderness and the promised land is Moab. Now we have to go through. We don't have a choice. But the Lord said, Don't be affected by Moab as you go. Don't turn to the right hand or to the left. Don't use their thrills. But a lot of Christians look at what the Moab or the world wears and what they have and so on, and they get busy doing something about trying to get what they got and how they fix their hair and how they dress and everything else and how long their dresses are and how they wear their clothes or how they talk or how they walk, and they want to be part of it. Church after church in America has been affected by the Moabs. They sing like the world. Uh, they preach like the world. They dress like the world. And the Bible says, let's stay straight down the King's Highway. Preach the old-fashioned gospel. Sing amazing grace, power in the blood. We are not to judge how far we are from the world and just stay that far all the time because when the world standards go a little bit, we go a little bit with them. And then we could say we're just as good a Christian as we always have been because we're just a different from the world. We've got to judge, to judge how close we are to God and how far we are from the world. Amen? 
I don't want nobody to judge me how close I am to the world, how far I am from the world. I want somebody to judge me how close I am to the Lord. Amen? That's what this is about. We're win more people to Christ, get more people saved. We'll just stay on the King's Highway, act like God's people ought to act. And then, rather than trying to act like the more bad people, this lost world is looking for someone who knows right from wrong and stay on the King's Highway. Don't change. Don't quit. Don't give up. Just stay on the King's Highway. Amen? I was talking to Michael last night. He said, you know what, preacher? One of the things that I appreciate so much about you, he said, you ain't changed. I said, I don't have time to change. <laughs> Amen? I, I don't want to change. I am what I am. By the grace of God. And I mean that with my heart. But I want to do right. And I want to stay on the King's Highway. God's got a will for my life. And by the way, Nobody knows God's will for your life but you and God. But you got one. And you need to find out what it is. God's got a purpose for you. And do it. Amen. Don't be off to the side busy and get yourself into the world affairs and forget about what you're supposed to be doing. Father, bless us tonight. We love you the best we know how. Each day, Lord, I fall in love with your word all over again. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll go with us from here tonight and help us to understand what kind of person we ought to be daily as we walk through this world. We're on our way to a glorious place one of these days, but we ain't there yet. And Father, I ask you to bless us, keep us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.